Hey everybody, it's Dave Hodges here in the guest segment of the Common Sense Show, and we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And thank you for joining us, and um, to all of our friends from KYH and our affiliates downline, and people on Global Star and soon to be Red State Talk Radio. We are really excited to, to be with you, and this will also air on our podcast services and all the usual suspect platforms. Many of the mainstream media, but so far, they're leaving us alone. Surprise, surprise, right? Don't know if they'll leave us alone after this broadcast, though. We're going to be joined by Jeffrey Sisk here in just a moment. And he's going to be talking about a very aggressive endeavor that he's involved in that could serve to supplant or certainly reduce the influence of the major social media companies by presenting his own options. We're going to let him describe it. And it's a fascinating topic and he's also going to tell you how you can be a part of it as well. But before we join, Jeffrey, need to let you know that we've got to pay some bills. And uh, the bills that we pay help you pay your bills. Let me give you an example. Cash is trash. It's going to crash. There's no doubt. I mean, you heard Harry Dent on Glenn Beck, and you heard those projections. And I concur with what Harry said. He's absolutely right. And if you get caught with a lot of money in the bank, well, that's where it's going to stay. Because you won't be able to access it. Take it from me. My mom's side of the family went from riches to rags making the same exact mistake. Don't you make that mistake. Noble Gold can offer you programs in, well, gold, silver, Bitcoin. Uh, Noble Gold IRA, if your IRA is tied to your business and it fails, well, there goes your IRA. But if it's backed by gold, well, there stays your IRA. They have so many good things available. And let me tell you this, folks. I went from being advertiser to advertiser slash customer many times over. Yes, I let them manage big parts of my portfolio, and I'm very happy with what they do, and you will be too. Give them a call, 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. Tell them Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show told you to call. And one more thing before we join Jeffrey. Um, I came out with part one of an article today, and it's what we call in the business a setup piece. And what that means is I wrote and said, here's what I'm going to be talking about, and here's the outline, and here are a few details, but the data and the linkage is coming tomorrow. And one of the things I talked about is how food is being weaponized against you right now. They're preparing that right now as we speak. Do you know who the biggest owner of farmland in America is? It's Bill Gates. Do you trust Bill Gates? No, I call him Satan's archangel here on earth. I do not trust Bill Gates. No one should. And wherever he has his hands, trouble follows. What does that tell you you should be doing? Well, you should be accumulating storable food. How much? As much as you can get. Now, I represent MPS, and they have a special on their four-week packaging. You go, oh, I need more in four weeks. Listen, listen, I'm going to help you save some money. They have 20% off. So if you order in increments of four-week packages, you're going to save 20% off on the whole order. There's nowhere in the country that's doing this right now. Restaurant quality, 2,000 calories per day, 25-year shelf life. And I'm telling you, if you don't think about getting independent of the system with food, water, guns, gold, ammo, medicine, and tools, if you don't think about getting independent of the system, the system is going to own you. And the way it's going, they could chew you up and spit you out. That's why you want to be a part of what we do with MPS. Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. Now, we're going to prepare in a different way with Jeffrey Sisk. And I've talked to Jeffrey off-air pretty extensively in a, a conversation we had a few days ago and uh, he has the most interesting idea that I've come across for a while 
and I think you're going to be really intrigued because are you sick of the First Amendment being trashed? There is no First Amendment. I mean, look at Gina Carano. I grew up, folks, with German grandparents and a German father, and I heard the stories of the Holocaust. I heard the stories of the Jews being victimized, and they were horrified by it. They weren't Jewish, but they identified with it. And Gina Carano came out and was truthful in what she said. Everything she said, I heard growing up from the time I was four and five years old about you can't treat people this way, and she lost her job for telling the truth. Well, this is what I'm hoping that Jeffrey can um, reverse with our help. Welcome to the show, Jeff. I'm glad you could join us here, and uh, it's been a long time, and I'm really, really glad that uh, you're doing what you're doing, and I'm going to let you kind of start from the beginning, and I'd like you to introduce yourself to my audience if they're not familiar with you. Tell them a little bit about yourself and then what gave you this brilliant idea. Well, you know, Dave, thanks for having me on today. You're one of the truth warriors out there. Uh, I've certainly known you and followed you for a long time and appreciate what you do. Let me tell you what Find.com is. Find.com is a new platform for search and social media, and it's going to go head-to-head with Google, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. In other words, you'll register for the app. You'll have one screen name. You'll have those four areas that you can go to. And the thing about us, there's a couple of things, but the first thing is a strong commitment to the Bill of Rights. Um, So that means freedom of speech, freedom of the press, uh, protection of your privacy. These are foundational things for America. I don't know how and why Silicon Valley has lost their way so badly, but we cannot see that disappear in America and all voices need to be heard. And so our focus with Find is to bring that back. And to give you a little bit of history, I had a successful internet company uh, for 11 years that you know was a multi-million dollar enterprise. It led its market. Uh, it was a job site for doctors called Physician Work. And when I merged it in 2011 in a, a you know, in my sellout at the time, it put me into a company that owned Find, and that started a 10-year journey here. Um, Find just won't be one of these platforms coming out that's saying, hey, we're for freedom of speech. Find.com has really amazing technology that is going to be innovative and disruptive. Um, People are going to love it. It's going to change the way we search the web. You know, this stuff has been in development for a long time. And I couldn't be more excited about it. So, you know, that, that gives you sort of an idea of what we're doing. And, you know, the important issues there is that, you know, we've got to make sure that everybody's being heard. And when these companies are shadow banning or shutting you off because you have a, you know, a Christian or conservative viewpoint, they're also shutting off those people from being able to participate in the 21st century digital economy. So this has more impacts than just silencing people. Well, it really does. It, it has, well, let's put it this way. It, it strips constitutional liberties. It strips economic stratification and upward mobility. And it imposes a caste system devoid of any political rights. That's how I would characterize what's going on today. That's right. And listen, I applaud the efforts out there. You know, there's sites that are coming along like Parler. You know, they're back online today. But I'll tell you what makes Find special. Find is in a public company, and what that's going to do over time, Dave, is it's going to give Find.com 
those multi-billion dollar resources where we can truly take on Silicon Valley head on and give America a great platform that will that will have all those features that they need. Uh, you know, if you want to make a YouTube channel, you'll have one. If you want a Twitter sort of thing, we'll have that. If you want a Facebook that's not banning you, you'll have that. If you want a search engine that's not skewing your search results and giving you true organic results like search engines did, say, 20 years ago, you'll have that. So find.com will be groundbreaking in what it does. I think it'll be historic in the changes that it'll bring for America. I really do. So, okay, the devil's in the details, so I think we need to get down to some of the underlying concepts. Obviously, you're, you're trying to get people to be independent of the dictatorial control of social media and how they've really become the fourth branch of government. But with regard to what you're going to do, this has to be an absolutely enormous undertaking with incredible expense. Can you address that? Yes, and this is important for the public to understand. There are some very high-profile people that they would know that, you know, I can't talk about. You know that for obvious reasons. You know some of that information. But they wanted us to build momentum with the public, right? And so we started a crowdfunding campaign. If you go to find.com, F-I-N-D.com, that will redirect you automatically to that crowdfunding effort. And the public needs to care about this. They need to donate because, you know, what we're told on the backside of this, if we build that momentum and that excitement, we have all the investment capital that we need because it's going to take that tens of thousands of servers, you know, to run a platform like Find. So, you know, we have the right partners to do it, but the public has to show that they want it and stand up and donate and share it with family and friends, give it to their church groups, you know, put it on social media wherever they can, because if they want this big platform, it is now there for the taking. They just have to care about it enough to stand up and, and help us out to get to the next step. How are you going to deal with all the obvious potential interferences like what Parler went through? And by the way, before you answer that, let, let me throw this out there too. I think it's important that the public knows this. The CEO of Parler was fired, and he was fired because he wouldn't capitulate on his demand for 100% censorship free. So I don't know that Parler has crossed any barrier. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say that. I, I want to speak to that issue. You know, the people that are helping us behind the scenes, they're not asking for anything. They're not asking for board seats. They're not asking for control. Um, anybody that comes in and invests, you know, we're careful there. We want it to be people that are going to be good stewards because we know this will make some billionaires out there, and we want them to be doing good things for America. But Parler's mistake, they had two mistakes here. Number one, they were being monetized by being in the app stores. You know, Apple and, and Google took them out of those app stores, and there went their revenue model. Find.com will be an ad-based model. It's going to do exactly what Google did with their AdSense AdWords network. And you know what that means is um, you'll be able to come, uh, if you're a conservative website even, you'll be able to use our ad network to monetize your site. Right now, if you're like, say, a gun store or something, you can't advertise with Google. You, know, you can't use those ads to monetize your business. Um, so you know, this can have a really good impact. Um, so you know, the other big mistake that Parler made is they did not have redundancy, right? 
you can't just have one data center with a company like Amazon AWS. You have to have multiple data centers. You know, if they had had that going on, the minute Amazon shut them down, it would have switched over to a backup data center and the users would never have known there was even an event, right? So find.com will have those backups in place. It'll help us, you know, keep it'll keep us from having something like happen to us and our monetization is not going to be dependent on Apple and Google. Interesting. Um, not dependent on Apple and Google. Uh, um, let's do a few comparisons here with what is and what you're planning to do. The model for YouTube, for example, is that they attract corporate advertiser, and if you behave yourself and only spout the corporate message that they want you to spout, they'll put ads on your site and you get reimbursed. Are you looking at doing anything like that? Yes, and I'll tell you how this would be different. Um, there are a lot of content creators out there. You know, you know that you're you're one of them out there making great content. And you know, for us, it's a focus on the content creators. I've been doing roundtables with those guys for about five years, and we've thrown a lot of ideas back and forth. But our section of Find that's like YouTube will have a lot more to it. And let, let me just give you some examples. If you come to our site and you build out a channel, uh, we're gonna give you additional things. Number one, we're gonna give you an app that you can then go sell in the app stores that is only your channel. Um, you can make all the money off of that. We wouldn't participate that in that in any way. We'll also give you web pages with your channel that you can put content there, uh, more than videos where you can put pictures or you know, documents or just content about what you're doing. We'll give you an online store where you can sell whatever you want or, you know, we'll do some products on demand for like t-shirts and, you know, hats and stuff like that. We'll put the Patreon model in there where you can have people support you on a monthly basis. And what I'm saying here is people that will use find.com videos instead of YouTube will have an opportunity there to truly build a business and you'll be backed up knowing that if you're doing constitutionally protected free speech, that we're not going to ban you, we're not going to turn your channel off, you're not going to lose all that years of work. And you know this, Dave, they've done that to so many channels on YouTube. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And the things that they pull monetization for today too are incredible. I remember I did a piece on YouTube a couple of months ago and it was no more than what was being reported in psychological journals saying, America's IQ has dropped. And for that, I got demonetized on that video. <clears throat> so that was... And that's, and that's insanity. That is crazy. I, I don't know who's being threatened by that information. Uh, maybe they don't want us to realize the dummies are really running the show. I don't know. But it, 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 to me, and that's the kind of thing, too. And, and I got demonetized when I, when I talked about the restrictions placed on churches in some of the lockdown states. Like you can't sing, um, you can't hold a Bible, because uh, coronavirus visits those surfaces, and I got demonetized for that too. I mean, it's just the insanity of um, that the the depth that they go to to shut people off is is incredible, um, and a lot of it's their AI, but when you appeal it, it goes to a human. So at some point in the process, a person associated with social media is saying, no, you can't talk about that and remain part of what we do here. By the way, I don't know if you saw this or not, but there is a state rep from um, 
uh, California. I think her name is Sarah Jacobs. And she's calling for the Truth Commission. Have you heard about this? Um, I haven't heard about her Truth Commission, but I know the state of Arizona is also looking at, you know, Section 230 of, you know, um, you know, taking the liability shield away. Um, you, you know, I have a pretty strong view on that if you want to hear it. Sure, yeah, I'd like to hear um, it. Uh-huh. Well, Section 230, you know, we've heard a lot of talk about, you know, repealing that completely. Let me tell you what that's all about. With Section 230, that's basically saying for public town square platforms that the bar owner is not responsible for what people are saying in the bar. That's not inherently bad. But here's what we need to do. We need to add to Section 230 a a thing that ties it directly to the First Amendment so when digital town square public platforms you know, ban users or remove content that is constitutionally protected under the First Amendment that they then lose the liability shield, right? And that shuts down the truth police that you're talking about, all right? Because now they're not allowed to do that. As long as you're out there, um, you know, just exercising your freedom of speech, nobody then could come on, you know, and, and put warnings on your tweets or, you know, whatever you've posted. And I'll tell you where the danger lies. Facebook two weeks ago, I know you probably uh, saw the story, they issued a retraction where they had banned all the doctors off of uh, Facebook about hydroxychloroquine because a study came out that was incontrovertible evidence that 72% of people that take that early on get well, right? And so, you know, when I look at 400 and something thousand Americans that died, right, because the truth police on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else banned that information, 300,000 of those Americans could still be alive today. So this is the danger we have when we have guys in cubicles in Silicon Valley that don't know what freedom of speech is or know anything about our Bill of Rights controlling everything that the public sees and hears. It's dangerous. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And of course, those people that sit in the cubicles know that their mandate is to be part of the vaccine protection uh, team. And uh, so anything that could uh, compete with a vaccine uh, has to be banned. You know, you, you know it's just amazing. I, I was actually trying to think about this a couple of days ago. How many illnesses are there out there where only one form of treatment is permitted? And I thought there aren't any that I can think of right. except for COVID. Right. And, and and the problem I have with COVID, and see, this is something you could never say on social media to make your point. The, the thing that you could never say, but it's absolutely true, is that anything that's not a vaccine is suppressed. And the fact is, is they didn't even do animal testing. And when I used to teach research and stat at the university level, and I actually have written a couple of stat courses. And when I taught those courses, we used medical modeling a lot because it, the, the pure form of it's very good for teaching concepts. And so I learned a lot about the process. Animal testing is indispensable. That means, Jeffrey, that you and I are the animals being tested with these vaccines, and they're not truthfully reporting the side effect response. That's right. And, you know, people like Cheryl Atkinson, you know, for those that follow her, you know, they're following that. Um, certainly you can go and, and dig out of the CDC website. You know, there's a high percentage of people that are, are having problems with the vaccines. Um, I think that's all about money and big, you know, uh, big pharma, 
Um, I, I think it's sad when medical doctors are banned off of social media that are saying we're treating patients and they're getting well. Um, you know, it's just a very scary thing. And, and this slippery slope of the truth police, uh, you know, we've got to reverse that. Our founding fathers had this right. The, the First Amendment is first for a reason, you know, because it really hinges on everything else. In other words, if you lose that, then you're going to lose everything that comes after you know, in the Bill of Rights. So it is vital that America has freedom of speech. The town square is now the internet and, and we have got to have strong, powerful companies emerge now with wide support from the public to, to take on that battle and make sure people are getting truth. Yeah, you're exactly right. They've exceeded their supply lines on the left. And excuse me, here's what I mean by that. The supply lines on the left, what I mean by that is they are getting caught up in their own lies and they've exceeded their authority. And here's what I mean. If you have a product, let's say you were the inventor of ivermectin, which is another COVID uh, miracle drug. But if you invented that, they could very possibly keep you from letting it come to market if they had enough influence with the FDA and the CDC. Okay, they, so they could stop you there. But they're not satisfied with that. They have to stop you from saying anything. And, and see, this is where they've made a mistake. When you tell human beings not to think about the color black, well, that's exactly what they think about. When you tell people they can't talk about X, that makes them want to talk about X. And so right. now people like you are coming along and saying, we're not taking this crap anymore. And I represent a whole lot of people that feel the same way as I do. And, and there is now a huge backlash against this censorship. And they would have been better off just allowing anyone to say anything, but just controlling what happened at the production level. Yeah, and I think it's a huge failure of leadership from people like Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg. You know, these are American companies. They have an opportunity that they could be going out there and spreading America's light around the world about these principles, like freedom of speech, you know, like freedom of the press, and they're not doing it. And I think they fundamentally misunderstand the frustration in the public you know, that they're doing this. And this is this power has gotten into the hands of a very, a very few amount of people. And they can just shut somebody off, you know, with a couple of phone calls. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's stunning that they've gone down this road. It's very misguided. But I think it creates a massive opportunity for something like find.com, you know, because we will give the public that. And I had somebody tell me something interesting yesterday, a you know, very key, highly placed executive of a big national company. She said this. She said a lot of liberals out there, and I'm not saying the left because the left and socialists are not the people she's talking about, but the liberals in the middle, the blue dog Democrats, the John Kennedy supporters, those people love freedom of speech too, and they know this is wrong. Find.com will be a platform for everybody, including them, right? We'll ban content that's horrible like pornography, um, you know, graphic violence, those sorts of things. But I'll be honest with you. We're going to get David Barton or somebody like that to train, put together a program and train our employees so they know what the First Amendment means. They know what our founding principle is. So when they're working every day and their content management team is looking at, you know, what they need to do something with, they're doing it through that lens of what is our actual Bill of Rights. What does it mean? What's constitutionally protected? And what I think will be fun about that, Dave, 
is over time, as our employees go out into the world, we'll be like Johnny Appleseed spreading good people out there that know, right? And and I think the problem exists because our young people aren't getting that education anymore in school like they used to. They're being taught America's bad. And, uh, you know, you and I are old enough to remember when we got American history and we got civics and all those things as children. So we understood we were taught these things. And that's part of the failure is our education system. So we want to make sure our people that are working at find.com every day know these things. You know, so they're acting appropriately and doing the right things. No, I, I think you raise a really, um, well, a very good set of points right there. Um, and along those lines, a, a question occurred to me. Are you going to do things like find.com radio and find.com TV as well? You know, we do have some plans for some pretty amazing things. Obviously, the focus for the near-term future, um, you know, we're going to come up with our Twitter type of platform you know in the first 30 to 60 days here after we get through this crowdfunding stage and we want the rest of that platform up for summer but we have some amazing things planned and they're the types of things you're talking about Um, one of them is fine music and the whole thing behind that is going to be to give back to artists you know i'm friends with a lot of guys i was a stage manager for the atlanta rhythm section in the 80s if people remember that group they're still friends today and want to give back control to the artists of what they sell their products for, you know, how much sites like Spotify have just ruined the music business for album sales. So we want to bring something back like that, but be a streaming service. And along with that, I think most people don't realize the fidelity is completely gone in music. These streaming services are streaming, you know, 128 bit MP3s, which means you're losing all the high and low frequencies have been chopped off and compressed. So we want to bring back high fidelity sound at a bare minimum, the 44.1 16-bit CD quality audio, and and get the players out there, get phone companies to help us and build out better technology in those devices. You know, bring back those pioneer stereos that are that everybody had when we were kids that had that amazing high fidelity. But you know, that's just one example. You know, of what we want to do with fine music, and we want to launch that by the end of this year. So, and there's other things like you're talking about, and, and all of these will have innovation in them. These are well thought out plans. They're, you know, we've done this by doing roundtables with actual hit recording artists. We're doing it now, right, for something we won't launch for another year. Um, and we'll do that when we get serious about the radio and, and some of those sorts of things. And you'll probably be one of those guys we would bring in to be as part of that roundtable. Oh, I'd but be I think honored. That's yeah. how it, yeah, and I think that's how you do it. You bring in the industry that you're going to help transform, let them have a seat at the table. But I think Find.com Music will be amazing. And over time, artists will flood there because it's just better, and it gives them control back of their art, right? Well, yeah, the, the performers today, and, and, and I get a chance to talk to a few of them here and there, and I don't identify them for obvious reasons, but... They're in a straitjacket. Um, they have to be really careful about the lyrics in their songs, lest the other side uh, say, you're not woke enough, and uh, and you never can predict how woke you're supposed to be. Most people can't even conceive of how woke, woke has become. And then they also have to be very careful when they're interviewed and they're asked a question by an interviewer, 
how do you feel about X? And they have to give very vanilla answers, uh, and they're actually coached by their agents how to do this. And I was talking to an agent the other day. He said, I rehearse with them, the interviews. <clears throat> he said, because they say the wrong thing, like Gina Carano, their career is over. That's right. That's right. We have this Twitter mob cancel culture going on. And, and I have to say this. Most people don't realize this. It is a small segment of our society that is this Twitter mob, right? There's there's actually more decent people out there that support the good things like freedom of speech than there are the Twitter mob. The only reason they become more powerful is these Silicon Valley companies have allowed them to monopolize and do what they do on social media, right? And that that's, again, one of the dangers, another one of the dangers of these platforms having that sort of power, you know? Well, there's another element in there, too, we're not mentioning, and that's the communist Chinese influence. Many of these companies, Facebook, Twitter among them, are uh, subservient to communist Chinese ideals. You, you used to not be able to go on the Internet and, and scroll very far down till you saw the horrible human rights violations in communist China. Today, right. you got to actually hunt for them because the Chinese have managed to dominate our media to such a degree. Yeah, and, and they've done that over a long period of time in a very carefully crafted strategy. They've purchased, you know, lots of companies. They've funded lots of companies. They're in key areas like media. You know, they're, they're either TV networks or Internet platforms. And so I agree with you. I think there's a huge influence there. And, you know, America has to, has to know the Chinese Communist Party is not friendly to America, right? Their their stated goals are to you know to rule the earth. Um, the Chinese people, that's a different story. But I'll, I'll tell you how bad it is when our search in social media goes down the road of totalitarianism, which is what it's done now. In China, people people ask that question: Why doesn't a billion people, you know, a population that large in China? Why don't they stand up and overthrow the small group that's running their country, the, you know, the Marxists? The answer is they have completely controlled media and Internet, and more than half the population believes the propaganda, right? So it's a deep problem, and that's part of what we've got going on now in yeah. America. Fine will allow us to then reach out with love and goodness to our fellow Americans. Let them start getting some truth. Most of them are going to come back to the middle. Right. They don't know that they're victims of propaganda. Right. Because they're getting everything they're getting from CNN and Facebook and Google and all these sites that are funneling them to the information that they want them to have. You know, so something like fine comes along. It brings light. It brings truth. And a lot of our people are, are going to then come back to that middle. It'll help us come together as a country. I think that's a good point. But you also triggered another thought in me, too. There's always going to be pressure points that threaten your existence at find.com. Can you talk a little bit about the minefields that you're going to have to navigate to stay viable? Well, I think the biggest one is, you know, for us is to have our own server data farms for those tens of thousands of servers um, and, and know that somebody like an Amazon AWS can't just deplatform us. Um, I think we need to stick to our message out there that we are a platform that is for everybody. It's going to protect anybody's constitutionally protected free speech. You know, I don't want anybody pigeonholing us into 
saying, oh, they're just a conservative platform, because no, my vision and goal is for our entire country to have freedom of speech, right? And right now, about half of it's being, you know, is being censored. Um, so, you know, I think that's how you mitigate it. You go out there. I mean, we're very sincere in that message. You know, we want to protect. Listen, we should be willing to stand shoulder to shoulder with people with we violently disagree with their opinions. We should hold hands with them and stand up together to protect our constitutionally protected free speech. And I, I, I know it's something we all agree on. Well, we know, do. And we've already wants, lived it, yeah. Jeffrey. We've already lived this. When Hillary was shown the door in 2016, we weren't calling for the banning of the free speech of Democrats in Congress. We weren't calling for the banning of CNN. I mean, we made fun of them. We talked about their precipitously dropping ratings, but no one was saying they should be totally shut down. They didn't experience at all in their defeat what they have done to us in return. That's right. And I, I think that's a good point. You know, um, you have seen that. And, and their destruction in ratings and all that, they brought about, you know, um, just because the public figured out they're not they're not carrying truth, you know. Look at the Russia hoax. That finally comes out. The public now knows it was all a lie. Do you think those news networks issued retractions? And do you think Facebook issued retractions? No. So, uh, you know, and you didn't see that on the on the other side, you know. Um, but I think that's inherently true because most people that are on that more conservative side that love, you know, that love our Bill of Rights, you know, we know deep down inside the right thing to do is to protect everybody's free speech. Right. And so and so it's a very different path, you know. Um, but I yeah. do think they talk about their own destruction by, you know, by just simply not being truth tellers. That's where the whole fake news thing was able to get traction. That really is. Um, how are you going to headquarter this? Uh, there are some people that are talking about new forms of Internet that will be headquartered 60 miles up in space where the FCC has no regulatory abilities. And then some people continue to do it here on terra firma. So how are you looking at headquartering your operation? Well, we're going to headquarter fun.com in Bradenton, Florida. And I'll tell you what the vision is that I have, Dave. And I've had this for a number of years. This isn't something that just popped out, you know, recently. But there's a lot of vacant, you know, a lot of farmland between Bradenton and Orlando, you know, between Tampa and, say, the Disney area. And I want to build a Silicon Valley here, and I want to reach out to the entrepreneurs like Peter Thiel that have fled from California, you know, and said that, you know, a bunch of crazies over there, and, and they, they don't like anybody else's opinion. And I want to build out a, uh, what I would call a more moral Silicon Valley that supports our country's founding values and do that here in Florida. Florida is a very friendly state. We've got a great governor for that sort of thing. And, and that's the vision. I want to build that out. If we put find.com here, that's going to bring a certain amount of tech that surrounds that as that grows into that Google Facebook-sized company. But we've also got plans for something else called SWAN, which is Super Wide Area Network. That's a completely different can of worms. But that is a satellite and high-altitude platform system that will build a new Internet literally in the sky. And that's something that we, we're going to support that. Um, I've been involved with that for five or six years, and that will become a reality. 
So as that SwanSat system comes online, which will be many, many times faster than uh, Starlink, Starlink and what Elon Musk is launching, you know, you'll have this great tech hub start to come together in central Florida. And I really believe truly that that will become the next Silicon Valley and be on a more moral footing. And, you know, that's my vision for that. Who has regulatory oversight over what you're going to be doing? Well, I think we're, you know, you have some of these rules and regulations uh, like Section 230, um, you know, that, that are out there that regulate, you know, public square, uh, you know, Internet platforms. You know, we have to work within those bounds. And, you know, what I was saying earlier about Section 230, the reason it's so important to not repeal it and only let companies lose the liability shield when they violate the First Amendment is here's what would happen if you just repealed Section 230. People on both sides would sue the daylights out of any of the new platforms that were up and coming if there was no liability shield, right? Those guys would go out of business. The bigger platforms would stop allowing any any type of content that was you know, good public discourse, and we would end up with Charlie bit my finger or pictures of grandma, yeah. and that's just about it. It would destroy the internet, right? So we'll, we're going to push for those regulations. You know, we've got public policy people on board now that will help us make sure that our leaders know the the right paths. You know, so we'll be pushing for those things and, and making sure that regulations are good and friendly and keep that digital town square a place where we can have public discourse. Um, you know, but we'll have to work within those bounds. And, you know, it'll be up to us as Fine becomes the big platform to make sure we're leading in that area and we're talking about these issues and we're meeting with lawmakers and making sure on the state level and on the federal level that they understand these important issues, right? So America does have the ability in the 21st century to have a public town square, which has become, you know, as you know, the Internet. I knew this was going to be a battle. 20 years ago. I'm surprised it's taken this long, to be honest with you. Um, there's another question that, that really kind of begs asking now, and, and, it, and it has to do with data storage. And this has been an issue not just in the internet companies, but with our banks. I'll give you the most recent example with B of A and what they have done with the releasing private data without a subpoena, without a warrant from a court, and they released it to the FBI to try to find people that were in D.C. on January the 6th. That was reprehensible. We're, we have some assets in B of A that we're moving because of this. Um, I already know your answer, but if I don't ask it, someone's going to wonder it out there. So talk about data security. Have you had that discussion? And, and what you're going to do to protect uh, the people who participate in your forums? Right, and to, and to really give the public the, the good answer on that, I have to rewind you about eight years. Um, you know, my journey with this has been a long one. You know, it's not been something that came up, you know, since this election or, or something like that. In 2013, I had already been researching for two and a half years search engine technology. That happened when my company merged with the one that owned Find, and they wanted me to head up some development back then, so I had been researching search technology. Some people out there in the public will remember a search engine called Zeekly, Z-E-E-K-L-Y. 
I launched it within six weeks of Ed Snowden putting out his revelations that everybody was spying on us. Now, Zeekly, I can truthfully tell you, I was the parlor before parlor. They were just doing it behind the scenes back then. Now they're just out in the open, and they just uh, everybody banded together to ban parlor. What happened to Zeekly was all the ad networks at the time, you know, after about four months in, we had millions of users. Uh, we're using ad networks to monetize, and they they shut us down. So now we lost all of our monetization. The other thing that happened is the executive vice president of one of the country's largest internet providers. Now, I can't tell you who that is because he, he told me you, you can't do that. But we found out that Zeekly was being blocked at the very backbone of the internet, at the internet uh, router switch points. Um, and we had users contacting us, you know, and, you know, back then it was just me. I was just one guy, and it killed the platform. But let me tell you what we did to mitigate what you just said about data storage. Here's the problem. If you're storing data on users, the government can come to you with a FISA court order, and they can say, give us all your data, and in that FISA order is a gag order. You're not allowed as a company to tell that to the public. So all of a sudden, if you're storing data, that's all going to them. It's going into you know probably that big computer in Salt Lake City, Utah, for the NSA or wherever it's going. And they then have that forever <coughs> to be able to go and look and see what were you searching, what were you doing, what were you saying, who are your friends, right? So this frustrated me as an American. This is why I started Zeekly. So what Find.com will do and what Zeekly did is you just don't store that data, right? In other words, we'll serve you an ad when you search for a search term, but you're not gonna have, like if you search for shoes, you're not gonna then have shoe ads for three weeks on our network, because we won't be able to do what's called retarget ads. Will that hurt us in revenue? Absolutely, but it's more important to us to make sure that we're not storing user data. So if somebody shows up with that FISA court order, we can truthfully tell them, we don't have this data, right? You, you've got to move on, and, and we won't have it. And we are firmly committed to that at Find, and it'll also be based on blockchain technology. All of these things will help you know, keep users protected and put them more in control of their data. But I think that, I think that the privacy issue, Dave, is probably even more important than the silencing. And this is probably the biggest breach in your rights as Americans in the history of America is them collecting everything you do. Because what we do on the internet is everything you search, it's what you do, it's what you say, it's all your friends. It's like somebody coming into your house and photographing everything, getting all of your papers and all that stuff. This is Nazi Germany level invasion of privacy. So we care deeply about those you know, I put this into the Zeekly search engine, you know, eight years ago. So, you know, this is something I've cared about for a long time, and people should care about this issue, right? You know, and the other thing you do is you put encryption between you and the user, so nobody's intercepting what they're doing in between you, because we know from Ed Snowden they're intercepting that data at the internet router switch points that I was talking about and collecting it that way. So you use good, strong encryption between people's phones and their computers and the find.com platform, and that gives an additional step there that prevents somebody from collecting that mass amount of data.
That's a really good answer. Uh, got another question that uh, I, I've wondered a lot about, and we've kind of briefly touched on it, but I want to really open this up. Um, you're going to need business participation, you know, and I was wondering, have you given any thought to what kind of corporations or businesses are going to be amenable to what you're doing as opposed to the model that we see on uh, Google and YouTube? Well, we're going to recruit into our management team, you know, t some top-level people that have been in the advertising world for a long time. Um, and I think if we stick to our message that we're a platform for all, you know, that, you know, as our user base comes up and those millions of people are there and that will happen very quickly for us, I know it will, those companies are going to want to advertise, right? Because we're not out there saying we're, you know, this conservative network or, you know, we're this or that. We're saying this is an American company. This is a place for people just to have, you know, a voice that's constitutionally protected. It is the law of our land, right? And I think going at it like that, we're not going to have problems, you know, with, with companies wanting to advertise with us. So to, to me, that's, that's sort of the important thing. I mean, we're very genuine about that, about, you know, protecting everybody's free speech and bringing innovative technologies to the market that the public will love. And as we become busier, companies are going to want to advertise on Pine, right? It'll be a great place for them to expose their products and services. Good answer. Um, now, obviously, I think there has to be a, a large public appeal for this to be successful because you've got a lot of ground to make up between what the other side has and what you don't have starting up. So how can people get involved, and how are you going to involve the public? Well, like we, like we started this, you know, this interview today, the public has to care about this. We have people that the public would know. You know that. We've talked about it, that are supporting us, and they told us, build momentum. So we decided to do that with a crowdfunding campaign. I'm going to tell you that's been up for a couple of days. And the average donation is $51. That is astonishing. And what that tells me is the public does care. So as this gets out to millions of people, I don't care if it's a dollar. Go to find.com, F-I-N-D.com, and donate and help us and spread that to your family and friends. Put it all over social media. Tell your church groups about it. Tell your PTA about it because – you caring about that enough to go do that telegraphs to the people that we need on board on the back end absolutely america loves this they want a new search and social media platform that is big that can truly take on silicon valley and i'm telling you dave i think the crowdfunding for fine will be historic i think it'll break all the records and and that'll happen only if the public steps up and goes and donates and tells everybody they know about it. But I think they'll do that, and it'll make it a big news story. And that'll give us a great start as we go through the next three, four, five months and launch the full platform. You know, we'll have so much momentum with that that it'll make it instantly, you know, a known name like Facebook or Google. You'll now have find.com. And the only difference is it's supporting the people and giving them an equal voice not only with their speech, but in the digital economy. Yeah, that's, I think that's critical because really what you're doing 
is a counter coup against an information takeover that's happened with communists. And any counter coup has to have public support. You have to win the hearts and minds of the people. So I'm glad to see that you're not leaving that part out because when I've seen a lot of companies start up and they proclaim we're free speech, we're free speech, they, d they don't really understand the fact that the public better be with you on your message. And, yep. um, and this is off, often why I, I think that they, they fail. Um, well, and they also have to, you have to be bringing new innovative technologies also the public will love. And, and we have those. We're not just putting up a replacement that looks like or kind of operates like or any of those things at these other platforms. We're bringing the public truly visionary, game-changing things that they're going to love, right? So that's why some of these other things fail. They're just trying to replace what's out there. They're not innovative. And, you know, Silicon Valley's not innovative. When, when the public finally sees Bond.com multi-search, it is an explosion of information. You'll never be happy again going back to 10 curated search results from Google, right? So that's why these other companies also have failed because they're not bringing yeah. those things to the public. I, I totally agree. And there's an issue. If your platform did nothing else, if they just handled one issue, that would be election fraud. There is nowhere you can go today except on my own website and, of course, my TV show that we own the platform for. But there's really nowhere that most people can go to to talk about what we know to be true. I watched live video of poll watchers being interfered with, yet I'm told there's no there's no election fraud. Everything was fine. It was on the up and up. Um, and, and I remember... The mainstream media stories covering Trump votes found at the bottom of cornfields and in dumpsters uh, before the election. And, and I'm thinking, okay, I saw this with my own eyes. And now that story didn't get reported. And so that is, to me, when you start out, I think that's your single most important purpose because we'll never have another meaningful election again in America unless we expose the corruption that's in the present system and, and the people demand change. And this is why my reason why I think number one reason why I, I'm so supportive of a new endeavor like this, because this is the critical issue of our constitutional republic today. Um, tell people how they can become a part. We got about 20 seconds. So tell people how they can become a part of what you're doing and contribute to this great effort. All right. Go to find.com, F-I-N-D.com. It's going to redirect you to the GoFundMe page. Go there, donate, tell your family and friends, make it historic. Um, the story will be told for, for decades how the American people in the 21st century came together and reaffirmed our commitment to our Constitution and Bill of Rights. It'll be a beautiful story. Absolutely. And, and I'm happy they're along for the ride. Well, Jeffrey, I really appreciate you coming on. And we'll have you back on to update. And we'll also get you over on the TV show as well. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you, Dave. Take care.